Welcome to the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health. We will also reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and others who have been through extreme adversity. All right, guys, so welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Perfect podcast, where each week I'm joined by some of the world's most renowned faces in the entertainment industry, on the sports field, and corporate leaders sharing their own truths and their own personal journeys. Today, we've got none other than son of Dutch football legend Dean Gore. Kenji Gore was tipped to stardom from a young age, where he played for both Manchester City and Manchester United's academies at just six years old. This was the perfect football in education, as he learned from the likes of gigs, Scholes and Ferdinand on a daily basis on the training ground. Unfortunately, at 18 years old, Kenji received a brutal setback when he was informed by Sir Alex Ferguson that he was being released by United. However, Kenji didn't give up on his professional football dream and ended up playing for Swansea City in the Premier League, proving that setbacks can become opportunities with the right attitude. Although while in Wales, another difficult period ensued with Kenji battling a gambling addiction. Fortunately, he overcame the addiction and now he's happier than ever, enjoying his football for Nacional in Portugal and he's playing for their national team. But he's more than just a footballer. He's using his experience of dealing with setbacks to help other footballers fine-tune their own mentality. He's recently founded On The Ball, a service where elite footballers can learn more about developing the correct mindset for elite sport. He also hosts Conversations with Kenji, a podcast discussing the mental side of football. I like what you did there, mate. Conversations with an <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. <to> the show. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. What an intro! What an intro. Detail. Uh, it's um, you know what? For for somebody at such a young age to start in a profession like at six, and obviously you've got the the support of your dad being there before you. What was that like to go in at such a young age to as a professional athlete? You're there on a regime, aren't you? It, it's so regimented. And you did that for what? How, how long did you... You signed when you was eight for like Manchester United, been in around for 10 years. What was that like, just getting up and doing that whole mentality of like the same thing over and over to become good? Honestly, bro, like... At that time, when you're that young, like, I just did what I love to do. Yeah. And that's what the thing was. Like, I just love football. Like football was my life. It's all I thought about. It's all I. It's all I cared about. Like having a football at my feet. You know, there's my parents tell me so many stories about um, how I was always in the garden, trying to get my dad out after training when he's stiff. You know, all these little stories where I was just obsessed. You know, that's that's something that I that I desired to do. You know, I my dad even I even had a conversation with him the other day, and he's like, and he mentioned like a, a thing that I said. He was like, well, what's 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 life without football you know and it's just them things that that that's that's what it was for me you know life football was life you know football was life and um and from a young age you know I was I was obviously blessed with the talent um and uh and me just working on that talent every single day um you know got me to 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 play at uh, a professional level and then it's like 
in that in that process of going from young boy into into going in every single day you know first it goes to twice a week going to the club then it goes to uh, five times a week then it goes to all week you know it goes every day and now it's now it's like full time it's like you're going through the process so it's not like just a, a crazy um how do you like a like a crazy change you know yeah. it's like you're going through the process it's like it's like like um just normal it's like going to school you know like yeah. like it's just going to school and that's how it was for me um as a young age from a young age when, when did you notice though say say there's that aspect of it when did you realize that your dad was i suppose in the limelight and following the footsteps did you feel any kind of pressure and now what i'm going to move into obviously later through this conversation is what you do with other elite sports people that may have followed in their family footsteps that's a lot of pressure in itself so did you ever feel that at the time and how did you cope with it honestly i i never really felt the real pressure when i was in england mm. um when I was in England, like it was like he, he was known, but it wasn't like he was like so famous in England where we'd walk down the street and it'd be, everyone would stop him. It wasn't like that in England. So I was it was I didn't feel that pressure too much. In England. Obviously, it was like your dad's a professional footballer. Are you going to be as good as him? Are you going to achieve the things that he achieved? You know, all these things you go, in, go into your mind at a later date. When you're younger, it's just, you know, it's all about having fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about having fun when it gets serious and you're signing your professional contracts that's when it's like wait my dad achieved this wow like that is crazy that he actually achieved this and then it's like I want to achieve these things too and I want to follow the footsteps and I want to you know it's like you see your dad doing doing something and you're like wow I want to do that one day you know it's like yeah. it's like that it's like it's like that he did that and it's like me like wow I want to be just like him he was like my role model he was someone that I look up to still now still now to this day um so yeah that's how that's how it kind of was man so what's one of the best pieces of advices and for somebody looking at an external and they see the highlights this is a whole thing about the ipc it's like we see the accolades we see the career and we just see these steps going up up and up which looks amazing but for somebody who's in it and been in it for such a long time what is something you love people to know about going into such a professional sports arena training all the time and what was the best piece of advice you was given either by your dad or somebody else the first thing that comes to mind when you ask that question was i can remember when um my dad sat me down he sat me down at i think it was i was around 14 14 and he said to me do you want to be a professional footballer and i said yeah of course you know, of course I want to be a professional footballer. And then he said, uh, are you willing to do everything to be a professional footballer? And I was like, yeah, you know, of course. I want to be a professional footballer. And then he said, well, from this day, I'm going to treat you like a professional footballer. And this is the importance of you making the decision. Because what I see now in players is that you can see when someone's made the decision from his heart mm-hmm. and when someone else has made that decision for them. Wow. Like, it's deep. It's yeah. deep. So, so when my dad made me make that decision and things are going well, 
and I'm getting subbed after 20. I'm doing all of these things. I'm not playing. I'm not getting that deal. I'm not getting this. I'm not getting, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on the pitch. My dad said, well, <laughs> this is what you, you said. You said you wanted this. And it's like, oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so it's like, I chose that. But what you see in a lot of people is that, I wouldn't say a lot of people, but you see the difference between the people that chose it and the people that, you know, didn't. Yeah, that makes sense because I'm going to touch on the mindset and how you got yourself out of certain situations with your own struggles. But even along my journey, someone said that, and I said it on another podcast episode, and it was like, even with the IPC and things like this, we all see everyone else's accolades. We all want to get somewhere really quick. But if your head and your heart aren't matching, there's going to be a disconnection. And at the same time, that question, what your dad posed to you, was posed to me in a different way by someone else and said, Glenn, imagine if someone dropped... $10 $10 million onto this campaign. Are you mm. ready? Are you ready for what that entails? Like that's boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Just like everybody, it's like, are you ready for a baby? Those that are wanting the baby. Are you ready for social media fame? Because everyone's wanting this variety, like mm-hmm. coming out. What if it's the bad type of press? What if it's the bad, are you ready? Because you asked for it and you're like, holy shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> you just don't realize it, do you? It's true. It's true. And that's why you've got to do everything in your heart that you want to do. Yeah. Because if you don't, you're not going to live the life that you want to live. And in this world, there's abundance. You know, you can be and do whatever you want to be and do. But if you're not enjoying what you do and you're not finding that love and you're not, you know, you're not expressing that for yourself, like what's the all for? You know, what's it all for? And that's what you see a lot. You know, you see a lot in players where they lose the love of the game through the politics side of things or they lose it through, you know, it's just not fair and the victim side of things. And it's it's tough. Hey, this foot, it's tough. And this is another thing. It's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. So you've got to be real with yourself if this is something that you want to go into. Like I can remember when uh, Marvin Sordell came into, uh, into my community that I ran and he shared, he said, wow, that you guys still want to go after your dreams with everything that you know about football and all the things around it, that you still want to go after this, that shows how much you love it. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, and you, should, and you should respect yourself for that. And I was just like, wow. Like that was so deep to me. It caught me so deep where I was like, this is what I love to do. That's why I fight every day to get what, that is why, because I love it. So it's like going back, you need to go back to that child all the time of when he didn't play with any, you know, play with freedom, when you didn't care about what the coaches thought and you didn't care about these and you just played. So I've got a question for you because I was I was obviously looking at some of the stuff you've done and I was listening to your words. And this is one thing with me. I listen to people intently because I think you can always learn something from each person that you meet. And something that I picked up off you when you spoke about when you started going through those darker periods and struggles, instead of letting it consume you, you started asking questions. So for me, that's somebody who's self-aware. So mm. was that something that you always carried? But then being a part of, say, one of the best football academies for all those years, Manchester United, and being around all those kind of people, we all grow along a journey. We all know that. But I suppose, did you soak those moments up and were you self-aware of the actual magnitude of what you had to then suddenly go into your dark places when Sir Alex Ferguson let you go? Mm. And what was that kind of process for you? 
honestly, it got to a point where it was normal. You know, it was so normal. It was like going to school. As I was there from six till till eighteen, and it's just normal. You're going into the guys, the people around. Like it's literally just like this is my life. And when you you're living in a bubble, you know, you're really living in that bubble. People say it, you know, but you're really up. And and when you're in that bubble, it's like that's all you can think about. You know, that's my life. That's the only thing I can, like, I, can, I, I remember not even having conversations other than, like, it was football. That was it, you know, like, conversation with people and it'd be football. And even when you go, you know, you go to, you go to uh, dinner with people, for example, what's the conversation? Football. Everything's always football. So that was my life. Like, it was normal going in every day, uh, playing with the best players um, in my age group, you know, in, in, in the world, really, because you're in the best academies. Um, playing against the best players and it gets to a point where that identity of you gets taken away so I was always known as Kenji Gori the boy that plays for United the wonder kid you know what they say in Holland oh the wonder kid that was at Manchester United and then when you get that news that you're not going to get a new contract it's like wait who am I mm wait, what? What do I tell my friends? What do I tell my family? Like, they've given up their life to drive me every day and stay in England, for example. Like, my parents would probably would have gone back to England, gone back to Holland, but they stayed in Manchester because obviously I was playing. So it was like, oh, my days, did I, did I, you know, all these things are going into your mind. And then it's like, wow, like, I can just remember going into his office and, I don't even, I was like, what do I call him? You know, what do I say, sir, sir, you know? But obviously, but obviously, like, I did see him around. I saw him around. But when you go into his office, like, there's a different energy. There's a different presence there, you know? You can see that it was just, yeah, like, it's a massive room, you know? And and you go down, he's gone, he's gone, sit down, boy, you know, that sit down. And and he shares, and he shares with me how, um, you know, that I've been amazing and da, 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 da. And he said, I can give you a new deal, but I know, I know that it wouldn't do you any good. And honestly, it was probably the best thing that could have happened at that time mm-hmm. for me to move on. You know, the chances of getting into that first team were slim. There was a lot of players ahead of me. Um, you know, you, you just had so many wingers at that time. And, um, and I can remember getting in my car and I was just like, wow, like, what do I say to my parents? Like, I'm going home now. Like, what, how do I share it? And I can remember going into the, into the house and I just burst out crying in front of them, you know, let it all out, let all the frustration, the pressure and everything, just let it out. And I can remember they were just there. They were listening to me. Um, I didn't even say anything, to be honest. And my dad gave me that night as well. But this is another piece of advice that my dad shared with me, which, which has changed my life. Uh, the next morning, he sat me down and he said, uh, listen, when one door closes, another one opens. And he was like, you're at the top now. Um, and the only way is the only way, <laughs> you know, you're at the top, the only way is down. Like, you, you, you're at the top. And, um, and, and that's why there's so many possibilities and opportunities that you can go for. So where is it that you want to go? Yeah. So I was like, oh wait, yeah, <laughs> wait, there is, there's life after United, you know, there's life after <laughs> this experience. There's actually other clubs that I can go to. Oh, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, I am actually a good player because I was at United for 10, because you start to lose that, you know, that 
belief of, of yourself because of the, you know, this one piece of news that you receive. Um, so, yeah, I can remember just writing down all the clubs that I felt I would uh, go into really well. I looked at every single club and I looked at how many wingers there were in that club and I looked at e these things. Right. And Swansea was one of the clubs. I ended up then signing a, a two-year deal at Swansea. So it's like, for anybody that is listening to this, like, first of all, when one door closes, another one opens. And, and then it's up to you to figure out what you desire in your heart of where you are and then making the action steps to go and do that. Well, I think that's a big thing, what you just said there, because I know being in Australia uh, for this long, and it's always come out in the press after a while when people finish that or they get dropped or something like that, they tie their identity. So like you've just said there, flipping it. And I've spoken to so many people in this conversation as a professional athlete. One thing that I'd ask you is when you went through that, you spoke briefly on it, but did it open your mind to actually looking for who Kenji was away from that profession? And what did you find that not just relating to the football stuff, but who was Kenji? Self-aware, mm. he was more passionate about other things. Mm -hmm. Did you give yourself or allow yourself more time to find other hobbies and passions? At that time, no. So at that time, it was like, no, I, I'm, you know, fully focused. It was like, I'm, I'm, showing, I'm showing them. That was my mindset. I'm going to prove to them. And honestly, like when I signed for Swansea, it didn't even feel good. You know, I didn't even feel like I proved it. Like, it doesn't never feels good when you're proving people wrong. It never actually fulfills you. So it's like even that, like I'm, I'm aware of that now. But at that time, I wasn't. You know, I was trying to prove people wrong. I was trying to trying to do all these things. But um, but I signed for Swansea. So it happened so quick. So I didn't really have time to really sit with myself on that. Like it was like, I'm on to the next, I'm going to go and shoot. So then I signed at Swansea. And in that process, it was like, I, I did so well in the beginning. Um, and I was with the first team and stuff like that, where things were just going so well. And then it got to a point where I wasn't playing. I wasn't playing uh, in the tw under 23s even. And that's when I was like, wow, like, how is that even possible? Like, how is this even a thing? Um, you know, I'm going through all these different emotions as well. Like, I'm going from boy to man. I've now signed my professional deal at Swansea, you know, living in the penthouse and uh, overlooking the sea, you know, like all these little things like where now I'm like feeling like the big dog. <laughs> I'm feeling like the big dog, you know, I've got my own responsibilities. I've got my, you know, I've got to clean, I've got to cook, you know, all these things. I felt, I felt like a, a, a man. Uh, responsibility but that also comes then with different challenges because obviously I lived in uh, you know I lived with my parents I also went in digs at United but then you know I saw saw so I just did sort uh, see different things but when uh, when I moved to Swansea it was like that was a real shift it was a real shift for me to really understand and then and then what I um, you know, I started to, I started to, you know, have friends there and stuff like that. My, my girlfriend was in Manchester. She'd then come up every other weekend. And it was, it was like, it was all like, um, like, what do I do with my time sort of thing? Like, yeah. I was just like playing FIFA, so much FIFA. Then, you know, you go out to your Nando's, then you go cinema. Like, it's this, like, there's, it was just, that's all we did. But we yeah. thought like, it was it's like you've got so much time on your hands, but what am I actually doing with that time? And I didn't even think of anything. I didn't even think of it 
until until I really realized like, no, actually, then I, then then what happened was I then made my Premier League debut. I made my Premier League debut. And as I made my Premier League debut, doors started to open. You know, like I'm, I'm I signed then a new three-year deal. Um I signed in a new three-year deal. And then after that, I went on loan to Holland. And when I went on loan to Holland, it was like, I just made my Premier League debut. Now it's my time to show and play. I went to Ardo Den Haag in Holland. I was like, it's my time now. You know, I'm going to play. It's kind of real good conversation. I remember being on uh, FaceTime to the coach. And the coach was like, can't wait for you to get here. I get there and I'm on the bench. So now my head's spinning. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, if I don't play here, how am I going to play there? If I don't play here, how am I going to play at United? If I don't play, like all these things are going through my mind. How all my days, if I don't play here, like I'm not going to reach the things. So I'm feeling, you know, pressure. I'm feeling like, you know, my family in Holland haven't seen me play because I've always lived in England. Now I'm in Holland where everyone is and and they still can't watch me. And I'm on the bench for Ado Den Haag. Like I'm thinking, how is this even possible? So as I'm as I'm on the bench, you know, you start I start to I start to um to really ask myself like, you know, I start, no, actually I started to like go through, go out, go drink, like not really feel what I'm feeling, because I'm trying to get that satisfaction from other things, you know, I'm trying to get satisfaction from you know, because um, I'm not getting it from from football. You know, you're trying to figure, find out where you where you can get it from. And at that time, my my wife now, she was uh, my girlfriend at the time. She was studying in Toronto. So then, like that was a whole shift as well. Like she was far away. I was on my own in Amsterdam. You know, and and these are, these are all things that now I look back on and think like, wow, like it's it's a lot. It's a lot, and and especially when you're on your own, it's like you, you, who do you vent to? Like I'm, I'm obviously, I always had people around me. I always had my dad. I always had um, my mom. You know, all the all these people always so supportive of me. But it's so much. It's pressure. You know, it's pressure. And um, and yeah, honestly, to answer your question, like when I really started to ask myself what I wanted was when uh, we got relegated with Swansea. So I went back on my loan came back um I was then on the bench a couple of times and I was I was playing I was involved with the first team and stuff like that but um but now I've got to an age where I was like I need to play like I have to play now I can't I can't be with the under 23s again and train with the first team and hope for an opportunity like they they offered me a new deal then after the three years it offered me a new deal and they were like this is going to be your year and I was thinking in my mind and my heart like you said that for five years you know, you said that for five years, that like, is this actually going to be it? And that's what, that was tough for me. And then um, I remember Costinha called and uh, he's he was then out here in Portugal, national coach. And uh, he called me and he was like, Kenji, I've, you know, you'd be perfect here. Um, I've got connections here, there, there. Um, obviously he's won the Champions League with Porto. So, he, he, you know, he's a big player. And when someone like that, calls you and tells you and shares with you how much you know you do well here like I, I really fell in my heart and I went to Madeira and, I, and as soon as I stepped foot in Madeira I was like this is where I'm supposed to be so I remember then calling the president uh, no the chairman of Swansea and I said listen I really thank you for this uh, offer but I've just received an offer in Portugal that I really want to take 
Um, and this is me being fully vulnerable with the chairman of Swansea. Like I just said, like, please, uh, is it possible that I can that I can go? Because obviously you can ask for money. Da, 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 da. So I just went with my heart and just said, like, listen, I really desire it. I, but I really appreciate the offer as well that you that you that you sent. And that's when and that's when, Glenn, I said to myself, I'm going to do everything in my power to be the best that I can be. That's when it shifted. Yeah. I'm going to do everything in my power. And that's when I started to really ask myself these questions. One thing I do just want to take you back and it just shows you how long you've been in England is when you didn't know what to do when you was like, go for my cheeky nandos. <laughs> that's it. <the tip. laughs> I go for my cheeky nandos with my lemon and mild sauce. <laughs> oh, that's taking me back. I, did, I yeah. think nandos over here. But um, that, that's amazing. And that's... A great segue because I want to talk about obviously what you do now. You've got your own podcast, but further than that, you give back to other people that are following in your footsteps so you can enable them and teach them. Tell me about that. And and was it a sense of when you started sharing, because you also touch upon the addiction with the gambling, when you start mm. utilizing and sharing that adversity and your struggles, did you find it was getting guys, especially just opening up to you more? Yeah, for sure. As soon as I dropped that video, um, I got so many messages. I got so many messages from people that were struggling, so many messages from people that said, thank you so much for sharing this. It's helped me. Um, and that's when I realized like, wow, like we shouldn't, we shouldn't hide the things that we go through just, just because we're scared of other people's opinions or we're scared of what, that, you know, it could cost my job, you know, all these things. Like, and I'm someone that I'm going to stick up for what's right. You know, I'm going to do things that are on my heart to do. And I really felt in my heart, like I, I'm more than a footballer at that time. And when, when I, when I, when I, when I realized that it was like, who do I want to be? Like who actually do I want to be in the world? Like, and I realized like I wanted to, to help. I wanted to support players in not just being the best on the pitch, but being the best in life, like being the best off the pitch, like being the best husband, being the best in your finances, you know, being the best in all areas of your life. So I started to get, you know, real passionate about that. And until this day, you know, on the ball, um, it started about two, two years ago now, two years ago I started it. And it and you know it's it's been it's been a project, a heart project. <laughs> honestly, it's just been a heart thing. It's a heart business. And honestly, my wife has been unbelievable in this process. Uh, she's like she's just she's amazing. Uh, she she's honestly been my biggest one of my biggest inspirations. You know, watching her do what she does um, has inspired me to step up and be who I am today. Um, and that and that and that kind of feel is like when when we came together on this, it was like with her expertise in the business side of things, it was like, and I just want to help people and serve people. It was like it all made sense. Mm -hmm. So that's when one thing led to another. You know, we have we I started with the mindset plan. Actually, I have it here. You know, I do it every day. <laughs> I started with my mindset planner, which is which is basically just something that simple exercises that changed my life 
So I I seen this change my life. So I was like, I want I want to change. I want to share. I can't I can't have this and not share it with these guys. Like yeah, this changed my life. I need them to have it in their hands. You know. So that's that's how. So it started with the videos. Then it went on to this. Then it went on to the podcast where I get players on to to share their story, share the things that they've been through. Because we're in the same world. We don't speak about the things that we go through. You know, we're experiencing the same feelings and the same things, but we're you know it's different but we're going through the same things but we don't speak about it you know you it's like it's, we've got our egos up do you, do you see it's changed like over the years because i know i've had a couple of players over here and the us that have come on who are slightly older and it was something that was never it was like a no-no mm-hmm. to speak about in the profession do you find it's becoming a lot more acceptable within the profession itself yeah for sure it's definitely becoming more um more available you know, more, more open, especially mm. through this COVID situation. Like I feel like that has been a real place where everybody's now at home. Like there's no way of hiding what you're feeling because yeah. <laughs> yeah. there's nowhere to go. What people do, they go with busyness. They go with, you know, they go with all these things to try and cover up how they feel. So now you've got no choice but to go to your feelings. So now people are being more vulnerable and being more open with the things they're going through. Um, and they realize like they just like I just feel like it's more it's more it's still in a way that it's like people are still um in fear of their job because it's like if he's not up to it if he's not up to it like if how can he speak about that and then is he ready for Saturday you know I need I need people because the coach needs people to be focused and ready you know that's what you think but but that's why it's like why are you actually on this earth then (laughs) you know what you actually here to do and and that's the thing. Like I've just realised that I'm that I'm more than just a footballer, and I, I don't just want to be a footballer. I want to be more. So that's why I do the things that I do. You know, I love that. And 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 one of the things that you just said there that I just want to touch upon is that when you spoke first time about the gambling and you did the video. So I always ask, like, so these are the Australian names that I did with the photography. And mm. one of the things I say to him, what I want to put to you is before these images went out and before your video went out to be in the public eye where you are under scrutiny at times, press, fame, all this kind of stuff. There's already that pressure of what will people think press Mm -hmm. all that. Was you in a vulnerable place when you posted that video or was you just in a place of, you know what, this is my truth and I'm going to set it free. It was, it was more like I want to help people with this video. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to do it first. Like, that's honestly what, I'll do it. Yeah. I'll step up then. If no one's doing I'll do it. I'll speak about it. That's honestly how I felt. Because I always felt like, wait, we're all going through these things. Like every, I see it around me. Like, you're struggling, you're struggling, you're drinking, you're doing that. And no one's saying anything. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to say it. And that's how it kind of came from. I'm going to say it. And I hope with this, that encourages other people to start speaking. I hope with this, that, we can think that it's like it's okay not to be okay sort of thing like you can you can go through the things that you're going through and you don't need to go through it alone yeah. you don't need to go through it alone so so share the things that are, that, that you're going through so people can support you because people don't want to hurt you <laughs> at the end of the day like like you gotta be real harsh if you want to hurt someone you know what i mean like that's why and and i really like um i really felt like at that time it was it was 
I was speaking about how I how what I was going through. So it was like I was already far ahead in my personal development side of things. I was already kind of known why and known, you know, I've already passed the like being really emotionally attached to that moment, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. You've you, you've come such a obviously a long way and you've used it. What well, uh, last few questions, because I know you've got a game in the morning. Um how did you find it? Because what I want to show through this is like, look, mm-hmm. two guys are speaking. It's not actually that hard. When you yeah. actually opened up and started speaking about it and then helping other guys in that profession, did you find there was still a sense of they were suppressing things, the bravado, the masculinity? And was it easy for you to break those walls down with people? Yeah, of course. The first thing is, oh, yeah, I'm not, it's not, I'm not that bad, though. <laughs> of course that's what people think people think yeah. like it's, there's no levels to it there's no levels to it you know it's what you're like if you're going every day it means you're addicted if you're smoking every day it means you're addicted you know it's not about the amounts or the things oh but I'm not losing that much he's losing way more than me so a lot of people like compare to other people and compare to their situation compare when it's just not that it's about you it's all about you about what you're going through, about your feelings. Because at the end of the day, you're doing things in your life that, that, you, that, that, that you're doing. So if you're doing things in your life that you're doing, like you've got to take responsibility, one, for what you're doing. But it's like, it's, it's just like you've have to, you have to really ask yourself why you're doing it. Like, why is it actually that you're doing it and what you're hiding from? So... Out of everything you've been through, this is one question I ask everybody. In regards to the campaign, it's called Imperfectly Perfect. So through your experiences, through your struggles, to where you are now, you're obviously very self-aware and you work through those, you help other people. What does being imperfectly perfect mean to you? Being imperfectly perfect means to means that you gotta be you. We're all made like the thing is, the thing is, like what, what with what you just shared with me. Just that statement there, it's like every single one of us are made exactly how they are made and no one's the same. So all these millions, zillions, gazillions people that have been on the earth, no one is being you. So you are you. That's, that's powerful that there's nobody like you. But what society makes you do, what the world makes you do is we, are, we all have to be the same. We all have to dress the same. We all have to talk the same. We all have to be the same. We all have to do everything the same when actually the power is being you. That's where the power lies. So you always have to be imperfect because we're all, we're all not perfect. <laughs> we're all not perfect. We're exactly. all not perfect. I, I love everybody's answer. All the people that's been on the campaign and everyone's answer is so different, but it still comes down to the same thing. We've all got a unique gift. And when we realize that, there's no point comparing apples and pears. Like, we just need to all keep going forward. Um, so what's next for you um, in terms of, obviously, you've got a game tomorrow. I mean, put, put the profession aside and everything. The mindset, the Kenji, other than the footballer, what, what, what's next? And how far are you taking this kind of movement and help with uh, professional athletes? Because I know quite a lot in Australia, mate. <laughs> <Might need it. laughs> no, that's, a, that's, that's honestly amazing, man. Like, like my heart, like, I just, I just, 
I just want to I just want to make people the best that they can be. Well, not me personally. I just want them to be, make them the best people that they can be. Everyone in the world. And if there's any way that I can support that, you know, I'm I'm just open and available to that. So however God wants to use me, wherever he wants to place me, like I'm at a club because this is where God wants me to be. You know, it's not just because I'm here, you know, obviously I'm here because of my ability and my talents, but there's more than that. You know, everyone is exactly where they're supposed to be right now to impact people's lives around them. You know, like I can't impact the people that are that you have in your around your circle. Like, like that's the like you have the people around in your circle that you can impact, that you can make better. Like that is why for me, what's next is is to get the most out of my talent, the most out of my talent, um, and that is to work on it every single day. Get the you know, I want to be playing at the highest level. You know, I desire to play at the highest level. So I'm going to do everything in my ability to, to do that. You know, I'm going to do everything in my power to do that and uh, and to serve, you know, to just be of service in, in however that may be. If that's through podcasts like this, if that's through uh, interviews, if that's just everything, like I just want to be of service. Last question for you. And this popped in my head then. I, I, sometimes I just get these random questions. <laughs> what would you want anybody who's listening to this to take away who looks at a life of a professional athlete as a mm. highlight reel, what would you want them to take away? And through your process of everything, the last little piece of advice you have learned that somebody could implement. I think it all comes down to following your heart. Like everything that we've spoken to, uh, spoken about like the whole, like what it really comes down to, is go to your heart. Like, don't don't make decisions because of what your parents think. Don't make decisions because of the what the people. You know, make decisions from what you feel in your heart that you want to do, because you only get one shot, man. You only get one shot at life, and you got to make the most out of your life. And by understanding who you are by understanding where you come from, by understanding where you're going, because there's eternity after this. You know, this life is temporary. And that's why, you know, I encourage, every, I encourage everyone to go to, you know, go to yourself, go to your spirit, go to your spirit and ask it, ask it what, what, do you, what does it want? You know, what does it want? Because we forget that. This is temporary. <laughs> Wow, mate, I, I know you've got a game in the morning, but you just mentioned something that's just started happening on my journey with the spirit stuff. Wow. <laughs> so we could go on for another hour. But um, wow. yeah, I yeah, I just want to say on behalf of the campaign, on behalf of everything that you do, all the people you help, mate, it's it's thank you. Um, where can people find out more information about you? And um, what I just want to say to people is obviously go check out conversations with Kenji for more interviews with elite footballers. Where can they find access to all that yeah so you can actually just go on my instagram kenji gore you can go on there um i'm on there most days <laughs> just posting pictures uh get on there <laughs> get there on stories go on go on a couple of stories share what's on my heart um and yeah let me know what your biggest takeaway is as well from the from the call and and let's get let's get into some discussions let's get into some discussions well mate i just want to say as I say, thank you for everything you do. I will put all the links up to where people can find it and send people your way. Um, but guys, anybody listening to this, just remember, especially guys, how easy it is to have these open 
conversations and dialogues. And remember to keep going past those surface level conversations because it's the hard conversations that saves lives. Until next time, guys, make sure you like, subscribe and share this episode. To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.